Podcast to get to the essence of the automobile. Today, we are talking about the 2023 Toyota BZ4X. That's right, the electric crossover from our friends over at Toyota. You can take a look at this BZ4X on our Instagram page right now. That's at AutoWeek USA. And hey, while you're out there, why don't you head over to our Facebook page? Click that like button. That way, all the great AutoWeek content sent directly to you. We're going to spend a ton of time talking about this Toyota in just one second, but first, we have to pay the bills. Do you have a car-loving little one in your life? Give them Road and Track Crew's Big and Fast Cars. Loaded with 701 amazing car facts, this hardcover book is custom-built for kids who love slick supercars, powerful monster trucks, and record-smashing speed machines. The only thing your little one needs to drive Road and Track Crew's Big and Fast Cars is a license for fun. Road and Track Crew's Big and Fast Cars is on sale now at Amazon.com. And Emmett, you're here today to talk about the 2023 Toyota BZ4X. That is a car collaboratively built with our friends over at Subaru, and it is a battery electric little crossover. Uh, Emmett, can you tell me a little bit about this BZ4X? Yeah, you know, it, it, it got off to a little bit of a rocky start when it first got released, but uh, it's here, it's ready to go for consumers, and it's a, it's a more affordably priced, in the grand scheme of EVs, a uh, little electric crossover that, you know, does what it says it's going to do. It, it drives you around. Well, we'll drive around in a little bit, Emmett. I'm sure about that. But before that, you take us on a quick little walk around of the BZ4X, which we're going to go to right now. Boy, is this thing a looker, depending on who you ask. Uh, I probably had the most conversations uh, when I've had this car on loan, and I think is large part because of its very unique and slightly strange shape. So when you come down to the back, it has a very strong sloping roof with these almost little spoiler-like sort of pod vents almost looking up on the top. And then when you get down to the back, you get a solid light bar. All right, and then moving towards the front of the car, you've got the charge port on the front left side where you have both charging for DC fast and AC. Um, and you've got these sort of almost hubcap looking 20 inch wheels, but that are actually full on alloy wheels that function uh, as, you know, aerodynamic improvement for the electric range of the Toyota BZ4X. And then coming out to the front, you almost have sort of a, a oversized Prius looking uh, front hood and <clears throat> bumper. Uh, it sort of has these hips up on the top left and right that guide you as you're driving, but then it squares off in the front. So you're not having that much of a protruding angle. And when you're talking about the wheelbase of this car, it's 112.2 inches, which is actually equivalent to the Toyota Highlander, its big brother. Although the actual sizing of this car looks much more like the RAV4 that I happen to be parked right in front of, actually. And inside, once you get in, it feels much more like a RAV4 than a Highlander. It's not very large. It's definitely feels more like a mid-sized crossover, which is exactly what it is. And then coming out to the back of the car, sorry, um, you have a 27.7 cubic feet of cargo space, which is pretty low, all things considered, especially compared to, you know, the similar size and similar market share that it shares with a RAV4, which has a 37 cubic feet uh, cargo space. All right, stepping inside the Toyota BZ4X limited all-wheel drive, I have a pretty loaded BZ4X lines coming in at $52,468, believe it or not. So much higher than the starting point of about $43,000 um, and even a little bit higher up than the starting point of the limited, which is $48,000 and some change. So a cool thing about this interior is in the 
the vein of that a lot of electric cars are taking their interior design. It has a very nice, uh, soft text mate- interior material. It almost feels like it's sort of like a, uh, basketball short fabric, or that's a, feels like a sort of blend between like a suede, uh, cord pants and basketball shorts as the, uh, interior touch points, which I know may not sound like a good thing, but actually it's a really nice feeling and nice looking setup. And even the way the dash is cut out, it's sort of, it's cut down into the firewall more. It doesn't raise up so high. So when you're sitting in the passenger seat, you actually have sort of a visual presence um, that feels more roomy. Do you think that this has enough cargo space for like an average living situation? Like, can, can you live with this cargo space? I would say, yeah, it's, you can definitely live with the cargo space. The rear seats go down easily. It's not hard to get those down either. But, you know, I would say if it's a, a four-person family, two kids and, you know, two adults, trying to get, you know, the soccer stuff and the Costco run uh, is not going to happen. You're going to have to choose one or the other. That being said, Emmett, you take this out on a quick little spin, which we're going to go to right now. Driving the BZ4X now after I twisted the shift knob to the right into the drive position. It has 214 horsepower and 248 pound-feet of torque in this dual motor all-wheel drive version, um, which is plenty. It's not slow, uh, burging under the freeway here. You put your foot down to the floor and it surges forward, but it's also not fast, even compared to, you know, I daily drive a uh, 2014 Volkswagen Jetta GLI, and that has about 210 horsepower. Uh, and that car does feel a lot faster at highway speeds than this car when you're going for a pass. Um, but I don't think that matters to Toyota BZ4X customers um, because this is not a rowdy car. In my notes that I have um, driving this around, I keep coming back to no nonsense, not rowdy. Uh, it doesn't have the sort of slightly excitable nature that cars like the uh, Ionic 5 or even the EV6 GT specifically have. This is not those cars. This is a uh, RAV4 electrified, essentially. And that's that's simplifying it, but that's what this market, uh, this car is marketed as. It's marketed as being a spacious, practical, uh, and close to affordable EV for someone who wants to make the change. Let's talk about the battery, though. 65.5 kilowatts in this dual motor version. There is a smaller 63.4 kilowatt battery, I believe, in the single motor version, so the front-wheel drive version. Um, And this version, which is the fully loaded all-wheel drive version, naturally gets the lowest mileage, even though you're paying the most money. So there's an estimated 222 miles of range uh, for this car specifically. However, if you do get a unloaded front-wheel drive single-motor version, uh, you have 252 miles. So that is something to consider. Talking about charging in this car, uh, I've charged it a few times. I've done a level two charge overnight, uh, which I had the car at about 25% battery when I got to plug it in and when I came back the next morning, which is about eight hours and 34 minutes to be exact later, I had just gotten a full charge. So it does level two charging very well, um, even on some sort of street side New York uh, level two chargers, which aren't always the best. Although I will say flow charging did work quite well. So the top charging speed for, again, the unloaded front wheel drive version is 150 kilowatts. 
but the all-wheel drive dual motor version only pulls about 100 kilowatts of charging speed so it's not the fastest charging speeds um, and I can only get about 65 out of both the 350 and the 150. The 350 admittedly was having issues but the 150 only pulled at its top uh, 61 kilowatts so that's not a terrible charging speed and that's not necessarily Toyota's fault um, but the charging the DC fast charging speeds left some uh, something to be desired that's for sure. If you're looking for a once-in-a-lifetime trip, look no further than Road & Track Experiences. There are only a few spots left for Hudson Quattrocento, Road & Track's upcoming rally through upstate New York and Connecticut. It'll be four glorious days of peak fall foliage, curated group drives, luxury accommodations, and delicious local eats with exciting pit stops along the way. They've also launched an all-new international adventure across the pond, Road to Revival. Join Road & Track for a grand tour of Great Britain's amazing automotive history and future, including stops at McLaren Technology Center, the Aston Martin Factory, and a grand finale at the Goodwood Revival Historic Race. Learn more at experiences.roadandtrack.com. So Emmett, you actually live, uh, you did the experience that I always talk about where people like me should, should get EVs and people such as yourself should not. You do not own a home. Uh, you live in a building, as far as I understand, and that means your charging abilities are a bit limited. Um, what was it like living with this BZ4X and having to find charging in, uh, in New York? You know, it, it's really a mixed bag, and I've had a few EVs, and it frankly depends on the week, which speaks to the uh, experience of EV charging. But for the BZ4X, I typically charge at a parking garage in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and I showed up at that parking garage and all the chargers were broken from two different companies. <laughs> so I had to go drive to the other side of Brooklyn up further north to go charge it overnight one of the nights, which was all right. It was fairly cheap. I think the whole cost was like $10 and 19 cents for an eight and a half hour charging session overnight. Um, and that filled it up, which was great. But I do have trouble finding fast chargers. The closest one to me is about 10, 11 miles away in Queens. So Charging does not happen quickly where I live. So it does require a little bit of life planning uh, to get the, the electrons back in your vehicle. Quite a bit of planning. But how was it at speed in terms of comfort? Was it was it pretty comfortable in terms of noise and uh, NVH, as the kids would say? Yeah, honestly, it's, it was one of the more uh, enjoyable sonic experiences. I've driven some other crossovers lately that have been a little bit buzzy and had some weird frequencies but this one was quite quiet with the exception of if you want to have good highway range out of it you really cannot use the electricity or sorry excuse me the electricity the air conditioning very much which does sap the electricity so i actually spent a lot of my time driving with the windows down even on the highway because it would drop anywhere from 40 to 60 miles of estimated range when the AC just got, you know, clicked on one notch. Does it feel like a normal car? Like if powertrain be darned, you hopped into it, you saw it was a Toyota. I know it has a kind of interesting IP and speedo situation, but that could be powertrain be darned as well. Does it, does it just feel like a natural driving experience? You know, I think that's the best part about this car. That's the highest accolade I can give the BZ4X is that it feels like you're hopping in 
any other Toyota. And even with the sort of, you know, user experience of the wheel and the interior, Toyota customers have experienced that before when the original Prius and the second generation Prius came out. It was a bit different than the usual car and they got used to it. And that's the thing about this car. It feels like, you know, you're hopping behind the wheel of your favorite RAV4 that just happens to be electric. And I think that's a, a positive experience for people trying to get into EVs without getting one of these sort of wacky enthusiast EVs. Obviously, all-wheel drive helps with traction. Like, did you feel that extra traction off the line, or did you feel the the end rotate around or anything? Or would I be happy with a front-wheel drive one of these? <laughs> you know, uh, per the per the user agreement, I was not autocrossing nor off-roading the BZ4X. But if I had been doing that that stuff, I don't think the rear would have been kicking out, nor do I think it would have been losing traction off the line. It's not a exciting car to drive, point blank. Um, and, you know, for some people, that's an indictment. And for some people, that's a selling point. And for me personally, you know, I haven't driven the front wheel drive version, but I don't imagine I'd be missing out on those horsepower. And frankly, I'd be adding more range and less weight. So it would slow down easier and go further. And coming in, you know, it starts at around, I think, 42,000 for the, you know, the base model front wheel drive one. That's about the the longest range, lightest one you can get. Um, And it's also the cheapest. But Emmett, we're getting close to the end of the show, which means we're gonna, I have to ask the hard hitting question. And that means on a quick spin, I'm trying to get to the essence of the vehicle. And the BZ4X is no exception, despite me forgetting how to say its name constantly. So Emmett, I ask you, I beg you, I plead you, what is the raison d'etre of the BZ4X? What's its, what's its, uh, why does anyone buy this thing? What, what, what makes it so special? You know, I think this is for people who really are into that, uh, you know, famed Japanese reliability, recall be damned. This is a reliable, easy to drive, not very exciting uh, car that if you're trying to get an EV, if you live in one of these metropolitan areas where an EV makes sense, granted that you own a home, this is a one of the more affordable, larger EVs to buy. Um, so it's, it's less about emotion. It's more about what you're seeing on paper, um, which... Perhaps is boring, but I think that's true to the Toyota roots. It, it makes sense, point blank. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being boring sometimes. I'm living proof of that. But thank you, Emmett, for driving this thing. I know it was a challenge. And thank you, listener, for listening to this. If you could, head over to the Apple Podcast Store or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and let us know that you like the show by giving us five stars. And if you could, head over to the Facebook page as well to get the, all the latest Autobie content sent directly to you. And I know I say it's at the end of every episode, but I do mean it. Without your listenership, none of this could be possible. So thank you for listening.